We make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co-host, Alexia Georgiousis. Hey, Alexia. Hey, Gord. How's it How going? are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Another week has gone by and I haven't seen you. <laughs> are you sure you're real? Yes, yes, okay. I know. This two-dimensional, like, little three-by-four picture on my uh, my Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, would like to uh, remind people that we are live and that you are welcome to phone in and uh, talk to our guest, who is none other than Julie Simmons, the astrologer. Um, this should be really interesting. I, I'm really looking forward to uh, chatting with you. Um, now, Julie, Julie has a, quite an interesting background. She, she comes originally from New York City, um, one of my favorite, used to be anyways, one of my favorite cities. If I could go there, I don't even know it's still there. Um, but she's lived in Toronto now since 1981. Uh, she has been an astrologer for 45 years. That's a long time. Um, she's the author of two books, uh, Passion Signs and Earned Wisdom, Becoming an Elder in Times of Chaos. I love that title. Yeah, I, I talk I a lot that, about elders. I wrote that before everyone knew we were in chaos. <laughs> really? Before you knew you were an elder. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I was a baby elder, yeah. Uh, yeah, my, I have a lot of interest in, in elders and, and uh, sure. obviously, hopefully evolving towards one. Um, <laughs> choosing astrology to bring together mythology and psychology and spirituality. Um, in a way that she hopes is very practical and helpful uh, for those of us in an earthly life. She has a BA in English and a never-ending love of astrology. Uh, now, the beginning of this was very funny. That when, you, uh, when I asked for your bio, you said, once upon a time in my 20s after finishing my BA and getting fired from just about every job I'd had since leaving school, it occurred to me that I should find something I wanted to do. <laughs> I thought that was... That's a great line, you know, something that I might actually fit in. And, of course, it turned out to be astrology, thank goodness. Uh, so welcome to the show. Nice to be here. I have to tell you something. Yeah. Did you know that, that to consider means to be with the stars? Really? Worth, really? Things worth considering. Yes, Khan is with, and sitter is from star. And disaster, of course, is to dis the stars. Disaster means bad stars. Ah, oh, that's oh. fascinating. Stars. Yes. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about that. <laughs> I love the word consider. It's one of my favorite words because it's, it's a really? secret astrological word. Yeah. Consider. Consider with stars. Yes. yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, maybe I'm a star child. I didn't really even know what's going on here. So it <laughs> wouldn't be, be new Aren't at all. are we all star children in some way? <laughs> right. Well, we all have stars. We all yes. were born sometime. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We can't so, all be so lucky as to be born Leos, though. Only some of us get to be that lucky. I, I know. I'm a Leo. <laughs> I'm a Leo. What can I say? Uh, um, I try to keep oh, it under boy. control. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, you know, my experience with people, people are fascinated by astrology, but just as many people poo-poo it. 
you know, and kind of go, ah, come on, you know. Um, but they're also the very people that grab the paper first thing in the morning and go directly for the astrology, uh, uh, you know, layouts. And if it's their birthday, well, they want to know the forecast from everywhere as to what their upcoming year is going to be. So, so tell us about astrology. What's, uh, what do I need to know as someone who really does not know much other than having my, my, my uh, full thing done once and the woman said, oh, poor you. <laughs> and I'm very, and I've been upset by that ever since. Where apparently, where my moon and my my rising and my sun sign and all are is like in, in odds with one another. So it's kind it of sounds like, like such a great reading, but um, <laughs> really, <laughs> um, what can I say? Um, I do so you want me to just tell you like what astrology is? Yeah, how does it how does it influence so, us? How so here's here's the history of astrology in one short sentence. We stood up, we looked up, and that's when we started doing astrology. Right from the beginning, right? We, it is. It's very, very old. Yeah. Very old. Very old. It's in every culture, and it's the way the human brain works is to say, if this, then that. So, I mean, think about it. They were us, our ancestors. Every morning, the sun rose, and they woke up. So they said, the sun is about waking up. The sun is about consciousness. They would see the moon grow fat and then grow thin and then disappear. And she did that every 29 days. Well, no kidding. That had to be a woman having a baby, like getting pregnant. And then every 29 days, the woman has a cycle. So the moon became mother. Hmm. Right? And each one of the planets had that. Mars is fascinating because Mars is red. So everything red, like infection and, and blood and all that stuff. And so Mars is the warrior. Mars is the killer. But Mars is also, um, you know, the surgeon. And, yeah, it's all sorts of those. It it's extrapolates over many, many years. But so, so our um, ancient predecessors, our ancestors, have been doing astrology. And so what they would say is, well, if I want to know about my aggression, I will look to the planet Mars and then I will understand something about my aggression. If I want to know what women are like, I'll look to the moon. And I don't know, I once had this experience not not too long ago where I was, I I was able to get up every morning at sunrise and see the sunrise. And uh, it was on the lake, right? So it was flat. And right before the sun rose, it was like this big head would come up and there would be these rays, just like a crown. Hmm. And I thought, you know, Way back in the beginning, that's how they invented crowns. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the sun coming up and said, I know, I could wear that. <laughs> I got to make one of those, yeah. That's really the thing, right? For the king, the king. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so each, you know, Venus, you, you see Venus in the sky at night sometimes, you know, it, it's not always there. And you're always gobsmacked with how beautiful she is. Venus is the goddess of art and beauty. Right, right. And and Venus has an incredibly beautifully symmetrical journey that she makes. Every in eight years Venus um, goes retrograde five times and if you connect those dots on a on a wheel you get a perfect pentacle. So okay. it has to do with symmetry and you know geom- geometric beauty and stuff like that. And that's how it is. And that's, that's just how it is. <laughs> that's, what, I mean, that's what astrology is, right? And then yeah. there's the signs. So that's the planets. But then there's the signs. And the signs, you know, started out to be very connected to the seasons. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Right. And, and the constellations mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah. Um, I like what you talk about when you say, like, the archetypes. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think a lot of people have interest in, in archetypal, you know, psychology and, and archetypes and so on. Uh, I mean, let's face it, the only reason that Trump is where he is at today is because he's an archetype. He is a living, breathing, giant archetype. Um, you he's know, a human being, and he's just managed to make book on the archetypal insanities of the moment. Totally, totally, yes. Yeah, well, I know he's a human being. Well, sort of. Um, but it's, <laughs> should we argue about this one for a minute? Um, but no, I, I think he really represents an archetype to a whole lot of people, you know? Yes, of course. He speaks for a lot of angry people. Oh yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. They just, they just don't get that he's not really telling them the truth about their anger. But anyway. That's yeah, it. yeah. He also represents sort of that, that masculine saving protector, you know, of, uh, you know, the people, people that uh, uh, are feeling victimized by their own lives or whatever. And this person, you know, he's the shooting guy, the guy that comes in with the double guns and, you know, jumps off his horse and he takes out, you know, all the bad guys. And right, but he's, he's, happily a ever after. Salesman, right? he's, a, he's a con artist. So <laughs> oh, no kidding. He no knows kidding. how to manipulate the zeitgeist and he's, he's getting away with it for sure, way more than he should. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. Well, but Julie, don't you think that kind of when when we say that somebody's getting away with something, because I really believe that there's part of this shadow side or whatever you want to call it that we that is in each one of us in terms of more uh, a sense of consciousness. So when someone sort of you know the fact that someone's getting away with something, so to speak, it's also reflective of what what's happening in ourselves. Like how are we allowing this? Because I'm really curious about, you know, the in terms of astrology, what what you see or what else, how you interpret. I'm not sure what the language is, but in terms yeah. of this idea of getting away with things, I feel well, like well, I just he gets away with lying. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think he's an incredible manipulator. But I don't. I think that the the picture of what's happening right now is astrologically it's. It, it couldn't, it's so eloquent. The astrological picture of 2020 is so eloquent that even I, after 45 years, am blown away by it. Um, there, there are three planets in the sign of Capricorn, Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter, and two of those are very heavy hitters, and they were conjunct in, in January for, you know, for the first time in 35 years. Last time they were conjunct, we got AIDS. This time they were conjunct, and we got COVID. Um, but in the sign of Capricorn, it is interesting. It's bl- mind-blowingly interesting to actually unpack the astrology of this year and and of coming. I mean, I saw this coming a couple of years ago, and why didn't I, you tell me? Well, <laughs> it, was out there. it was out there to be told. I, I certainly wasn't keeping it a secret. I was keeping <laughs> it, and I could see it, and I could even see the violence in this in this part of the year. I mean, it, it's. It's very stunning. There's a lot of negative Mars energy happening, although I don't know if it's actually negative or positive. It's hard to tell. It's like lancing a boil, right? Mm. Um, but the three planets in Capricorn, so I have, I wrote two books, but I also wrote one little booklet, and the booklet is called um, Astrology's 12 Great Myths, and um, um, it's on Smashwords. You can buy it for 99 cents. It's the deal of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but basically what it is, is it's a picture of the 12 signs as seen in terms of patriarchal reversal. In other words, how patriarchy or dominator culture has turned the meaning of astrology, of astrological symbols and archetypes in general on their heads, right? Because for a long time, 
it has seemed to me that the the change that was going to make a difference on the planet was going to have to come from the margins, not from the center, because the center is the problem, right? So Capricorn is a sign that has come to mean in a dominator culture, hierarchical, like the 1%, you know, like that, it, that life is mm. a pyramid and, and you're trying to suck the resources to the top. But originally or essentially, Capricorn is the sign of the right use of resources. It's the sign of sustainability. But in a dominator culture, it got twisted into being the sustainability of my organization, my corporation, my particular group, right? And that is a big problem. So when you get planets like Saturn and Pluto, Pluto is the great destroyer. Pluto okay. goes to Capricorn. And the first thing Pluto and Capricorn did was the subprime mortgage issue in 2008. Eight, yep. Pluto went into Capricorn and Pluto said, this is what I'm going to tear down. Pay attention. This is what I'm going to tear down. And nobody did anything, right? Nobody went to jail. Nobody, you know, it was <laughs> like, oh, we'll make it work. We'll fix it. Don't worry. We'll just print more money or whatever. And, oh, no, that was a big mistake. And, and so Pluto is a slow-moving planet. It's still in Capricorn. And then it meets up with Saturn, or Saturn comes up to where it is in January of 2020. 2020. And um, Saturn says, okay, now I'm going to show you the nuts and the bolts of what you didn't deal with. I'm going to show you the cracks in the system. I'm going to show you systemic failure. So people say to me over and over again, did you see a pandemic? Did you see a pandemic? And the truth is what I saw was systems failure because nobody should have been caught unawares by a pandemic, right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Everybody right. Right. Knew Very good point. It was never if, it was always when, and every year it got closer and closer. And lots of people were saying it. It's not, there was no cover up or mystery, the pandemic was going to happen. So really, the problem wasn't the pandemic. The problem was the lack of preparedness and the lack of responsibility, which is all Capricorn, right? And the lack of people believing it, you know, that this was going to happen. It was like, oh, you know, just another drama person. (laughs) They did not believe it. They didn't want to spend the money on it because who would die from it except the proles, you know, who would die from it except the people, the poor people. Right, right. right. And who right, really right. cares if the poor people die in a hierarchical situation? There's always going to be more, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so, um, so it's very ugly, and we're seeing everything ugly about the system, and that, and that's that's the three planets in Capricorn. But then, um, then Mars comes along and uh, squares or or attacks those three planets since <laughs> the end of July. And it's getting worse. It's getting more violent, more aggressive, more red, more blood. Is Does it- someone come in to mediate this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good question, Gordon. We got Which all this fighting coming you know? <laughs> in to, to mediate. I think mediation begins to come in on December twenty first. There's a very specific astrological picture on December twenty first, but those mediators are going to have a lot of work to do. Really, really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, Okay, so Mars is, Mars is what's in there kind of shaking up everything with Capricorn and Jupiter and Pluto, right? Yeah, and Saturn. Right, 
And Saturn. And Saturn. Okay. God's uh, hate ignored. You don't want to leave anyone out. Well, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to be very, very inclusive. Um, <laughs> uh, it's one of the things that really came up that, uh, I mean, I've I referred to what's going on very much as, as you know, sort of um, uh, our shadow has been exposed. You know, all the stuff that we haven't dealt with and all the stuff that we don't want to really look at is like, it's in your face, you know, from systemic racism, uh, you know, inequality, inequity, you know, women's rights. I mean, just on, you know, LGBTQ, sick care. on and sick on and care on. Is a big one. I'm sorry. Sick care. Sick care. Yeah, yeah. it's not um, health care, right? It's, yep, it's, definitely. Uh, sick, uh, care. sick care in the in our, our elders. I mean, in Canada, that's uh, you know, that's who yeah. caused the biggest yeah, biggest number right. of deaths. Parents, right? Yes, yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's definitely the eruption of the shadow. Um, yes. of humanity That's what I, yeah yeah exactly and, yeah and 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 julie i'm i'm interested when uh because of some of the language you know in terms of when you were saying uh i don't even know it it's like conjuncts or i i find that a little bit tricky to understand mm-hmm. um in terms of being able to get a sense of how that affects us as well but uh, but going back to what um you were saying in terms of this shift that is being twisted, essentially turned on its head. I think that is um, really clear, and I think most people see it. But it's also very overwhelming because it is a sense of, well, where do you start? You know, we are overwhelmed. Start? We are overwhelmed. Yeah. There is no doubt that that individual humans are overwhelmed by what's happening. Yeah. They, they are because there's nobody's giving direction in a way that. Um, you know, people can like plan with or something and like it changes on a daily basis. Right, right. You know, and it's like now here we are again. Now the numbers are going back up. The warnings about the fall. But again, but we know about that. that. The numbers are going back up. No, they didn't no. properly. They opened the bars and then they opened the schools. They should have opened the schools and kept everything else you know, restricted, right? And then it, this wouldn't be, I mean, it's mismanagement no matter how you slice it. Right. Uh, absolutely. And, and absolutely. we're watching it. And the the planets, I mean, I'm an astrologer. You're interviewing me because I'm an astrologer. So the astrology tells a very real story about this, that that where the timing is very specific. And I can I can tell you more about it. I can I can expand it up to a wider bunch of years rather than just 2020. 2020 right. is the culmination of a 240 year cycle that actually began mm-hmm. with the communist no party. wonder i'm tired mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. wow hang on to that joy uh we're going to break here okay. and uh we'll be back in two minutes you're listening to things worth considering with julie simmons become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic healthcare, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. 
We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, I am here with uh, Julie Simmons, and I just want to remind you that we uh, uh, are live to air, which means you can give us a call if you would like to speak with uh, Julie Simmons. Uh, our number is one eight 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 three four six nine one four one, and that's a toll free number. So anywhere in North America, you can call and talk to us for free. So we look forward to taking any calls. Back to Julie. Julie, you were you suddenly dropped this whole thing about two hundred and forty years coming in um, when we had to take a break. So there's a there's a conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. Conjunction just means that they conjunct; they come together. Yep. So a conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn happens only every um, 20 years. But in a, in a, you, it tends to be mostly in one element for approximately 200, 240 years. Um, and so in, in um, December, on December 21st, we're morphing from an Earth period to an air period. So the last time we had that air period was eight to 900 years ago, right? So it's a big, there's a big shift coming and it's in Aquarius. It's a, the, the conjunction is at zero degrees of Aquarius. So it makes you think about the age of Aquarius and that we're being, you know, booted into the age of Aquarius and people. <laughs> what does that mean? The age of Aquarius? All right. So a lot of people like to think of the age of Aquarius as, you know, like the song. Exactly. Yes, Hippies. Earth, yeah. wind, fire. I think it was, right? Yeah, that's a great, uh, no, fifth dimension. Okay, thank you. Fifth dimension, that's right. (laughs) You weren't born then. Yes. (laughs) I know it was fifth dimension. Um, So anyway. (laughs) The fifth what? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the, the indication is that we are leaving uh, you know, the last period, which is, like I said, it started about 200, 240 years ago. And one of the early manifestations was Karl Marx's manifesto, which has never been sufficiently realized. But anyway, I'm not saying we should all be communists or whatever, but it's just Earth because he was he was all about value. I think he was even a Taurus, but he was all about values. So um, so every 20 years you have this conjunction. So the last time, the last Saturn-Jupiter conjunction in Earth was in 2000. Okay. Between 2000 and 2020, we have the rise of the 1%, right? Uh-huh. Sure and, do. 
And Earth, I mean, Earth could be about many, many things. But unfortunately for the human race, the last 200 years have been about um, misuse of resources. And, you know, if it wasn't the robber barons, it was the 1%. And, you know, they've always been greedy people. I'm not, that's not new. But the, the idea being that in the last 200 years, there's been an unprecedented misuse of resources. Right. right. That's by one percent. That's what we. Well, no, all humans have. Well, we all have. That's true. That's yeah, true. We've all participated in it, even though I can't say I feel personally responsible for it. I, I feel I understand that my life is a life. My lifestyle is a lifestyle that feeds, or you know, I'm, I, I I benefit from that. I happen to be one of the ones who benefits from that. Right. So um, so now we're entering into, so it's, it's fairly dramatic. So on December 21st, we have this conjunction at zero degrees of Aquarius that's taking us into the air cycle. And they call it the grand conjunction. And many, you know, Jupiter and Saturn are the socioeconomic planets. Um, the, the planets that are closer to the sun, uh, which would be Mercury, Venus, um, Earth, Mars, and the moon, let's put the moon in there. Those are personal. They represent personal things. And Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and beyond represent transpersonal things. You know, okay. things you can't see that sweep through the culture. Yeah. But Saturn and Jupiter are the intermediaries between those two, between the personal and the transpersonal. And so they're the, they have to do with politics and economics and how we live as a society. So their conjunction every 20 years is something that astrologers watch to predict or to imagine what the next 20 years will be. Now, I don't know if you can stay with me on this, but it's really fascinating. The last time that the, uh, the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction happened in 2000 was the last Earth conjunction, and it happened in Taurus. And at that time, Uranus, which is the planet of revolution and change, was in Aquarius. This time, Saturn and Jupiter are in Aquarius, but Uranus is now in Taurus. So it's the same symbol set. It's still Aquarius and Taurus, which are fighting with each other. And they're fighting. So Taurus is about intrinsic value. Taurus is about if I can't eat it, if it isn't beautiful, what's it worth? Nothing. Doesn't smell good. I don't want it. That's okay. Taurus, right? It's very real. Hmm. Whereas Aquarius is the concept of how we, you know, what's the overarching ideal? What's the overarching idea that we have about how we're using or misusing these resources? So hmm. last time, the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter was in Taurus, which basically said, we're going to hold on to those resources. Hmm. And Uranus was there saying, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> But you go ahead and try, right? But it, it was a struggle. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't good. What happened wasn't good. It was bad. So um, now we have that same struggle, only the players have reversed their, uh, let's say, their scripts. Now they're, they're each talking the other one. So Uranus and Taurus, Uranus is revolution. Taurus is everything real. Taurus also has a lot to do with things like banking, so um, Uranus is sort of like, I think of it as the wrecking ball toward the economy. And um, it certainly, ha it's only been there since the middle of 2018. And it certainly, you know, that's when Trump started the trade wars in earnest, exactly the month that Uranus went into a, um, 
Taurus. And, and then we have these planets which aren't in Aquarius yet. They're close, but they haven't gotten there yet. And, um, and there's going to, yeah. The, and that, so that's the next 20 years is going to be about trying to right the ship in terms of what's the overarching concept that we're trying to use to deal with, with the resources. So, so you can so, just, I'll just say one more thing and yeah. then I'd be happy not to say so much. Um, <laughs> Aquarius has two sides. One side, I'm just going to call the algorithm. One side says human beings are data. We just want to make everything into data. And the other side of Aquarius is human potential. So I think that's the struggle. The struggle is it's not either or. It's how do we bring human potential and, and the Internet, the online brain, how do we make it work? Yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing of artificial intelligence and everything. Yeah. It's, it's a, a singularity. It's it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's right. it's bullshit if we can't make it work with the actual earthly realm. If we kill everyone with five G, what good is it? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> true enough. True well, enough. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. So, um, so Julia, um, people have fatigue from electromagnetic fatigue. Yeah. Yes, go ahead, so Julia. I'm I'm just curious about if uh, can you say something to summarize how that is impacting uh, either yourself or other people in terms of a more practical sort of day-to-day because yeah, I, I individually I, kind of thing I think yeah. we I think the human I think humans and I don't know, maybe the whole planet but I think our our niche in the human you know in the I don't know in the ecosystem is our brain and we've never learned to use our brain and the failure of our brains is that we don't see each other as human, right? Mm. So each and every one of us on the planet is now being gobsmacked with the reality of what they don't, who they don't think is human, quite as human as me, right? And we need to understand that this is the time of this is the time of shock. Like we need to have this shock. Yes. We're all we're all yeah. caught off balance. None of yeah. us we don't know how it's going to be tomorrow. I mean, if I think about it too much, I can't sleep at night. You know, I'm fine. We're you're fine. Looks like we're fine, right? But so many people are not fine. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's it, there's an unreality to it, right? And you know, you talk about the shadow, and I can go and do therapy, and I can work on my shadow, but it doesn't seem to do anything for the world right now. Like all that work I did, what did it do for the world? Yep. Right? Who, did I, who did I help except myself and maybe my daughter, you know, but like, really? So, so there's a whole lot of, of fragmenting and, and shock right now. And I think we have to just go through that and understand that by the time we get to the end of it, we will all have a different way of thinking about what has to be done. And hopefully it will include... A, a sense of the fact that we are all here equally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's a, it's a movement away from, from, it has to be, away from that whole me entitlement crap right. uh, to a we, you know. Now, I can't stand the phrase that, you know, we're all in this together. It's like, right. no, yeah. we're in the same storm, but I'm on a different boat, all right? Um, uh, on the floors, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that are going like this in the, in the storm, I've been on those boats. Um, <laughs> it's much, much better below deck. Um, you don't get flung around as much. Um, but I think that, that you know, we've, we really, that whole me period, um, 
like everything else, a resource that was severely, severely misused. Well, you know, the, the baby boomers, the people born after World War II, um, all have Pluto and Leo. And um, we are the first generation that was treated as a demographic, as an economic demographic, where they really yeah. sold things yeah. to us. So yeah. we were raised as a commodity, in a sense. You know, and there are lots of lots of stories about that. But um, <laughs> we sort I, of see ourselves as that's, that's very you know, that's right. a sale. So, go get there. <laughs> that's know. right. So yeah. I think it wasn't. I don't think you can blame a generation for those kinds of things that happened. It was post-war. It was the post-war boom, and so then our the baby boomers grew up, and they were very entitled. It was a very entitled generation. You should yes. talk to me. I'm your buyer. I'm your consumer. That's so we, we gave birth to a consumer world, but it was part of this earth thing that was happening, right? It was part of this, um, it, it doesn't take anyone off the hook for being greedy, but it doesn't, it also isn't a surprise. Nobody should be shocked that, mm-hmm. that that's right. what happened, right? Right. right. Um, and then pass that on to our kids. It just goes on and on. And, and, and each generation is a little bit more damaged, you know, the proof of the uh, internet is that the people in Silicon Valley don't let their kids have cell phones. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think cell phones are are just are, they're, they're they're just the devil's invention. You know, but can so you hideous. Without one, can you not have one? You know. Well, I mean, I joke. I joke when you know with uh, you know whether I'm here or, or on the uh, or when I'm teaching, you know, and saying I lit- I long for those days where. I would get home and there would be messages on my machine that I haven't been able to access all day. You know, nobody wasn't available immediately. You know, you phoned the house, you left the message. I would get it whenever I got home and that was it. You know, Um, none of this, you know, you didn't answer me in two minutes, you know, since I texted you, are you angry with me? And I think that seems to be part of, you know, this imbalance that you were referring to where, the uh, technology has sort of taken over in a way that it becomes very addictive. And I think Dictator- it's also dictatorial, dictatorial. Yes. And, <laughs> and it, it, it creates, it fosters dependency because I've never used, yeah, it doesn't let it, it, it basically takes over from your wisdom and your intuition and your thinking. I find I'm always <laughs> shocked at myself that now when I'm driving, I am using directions instead of just, I know where to go, but I, st- I still feel like, well, I want to get the best route or the fastest route. <laughs> I don't even know what that is about. I'm, that I'm talking typically- woman. <laughs> it's that talking woman. <laughs> Turn right in yeah. 600 meters. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can measure that out easily, 600 meters. I now know what 600 meters is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, right, Julie. Yeah, because you wouldn't have grow- grown up with that, right, in terms of metric. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, she, she would just say it in 600 feet in the States, you know. I mean, yeah. Right. But it's just like, it's the same up, woman's voice, though. <laughs> recently something popped up on my cell phone that tells me when I've taken a walk. I don't know where it came from, but suddenly it says lookout detected. <laughs> really? It's not even right. You know, it, it, it's crazy. I have That's to funny. Rid- and you don't even remember taking the walk. Well, I <laughs> walk, but it, was, it was for more than 11 minutes or whatever. Yeah. It was called. Right. But I mean, the yeah. fact that they call them smartphones 
is, you know, sort of says something in terms of yeah. it's taking over for our brain. Well, the age of Aquarius. I mean, the, and, and, and age lasts 2,000 years, right? Okay. 2,000 years of the age of Pisces. And the age of Aquarius doesn't begin on December 21st. It, it's beginning. It's like we're in a period where the age of Aquarius is trying to come. Like we're giving birth to the new age. We've been singing about this for like 40 years now. I think we started. Fifth dimension. To I think we started to enter the age of Aquarius in the sixties. But in the I don't 60s, think, okay. Well, I think it takes a hundred years, so I don't. Sixties. We'll that's there. sixty years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's scary. Yeah. That's scary. Sixty yeah. years ago, and there was the fifth dimension trying to sing. That's right. Yes, we're at the dawning of the age of Aquarius, um, and so how long does this take? This this period, did you say? I think it can take even a hundred years to go from one age to another. Nobody should be. Okay, in I'll wait. Nobody should think. <laughs> there, but we're we're leaning into it. We're getting closer mm-hmm. to it. I believe it. And Aquarius has everything to do with how we use our brains. It's an air sign. It's a thinking sign. But it's the most universal of the thinking signs. There's Gemini, and there's Libra, and there's Aquarius. They're the three air signs. But hmm. Aquarius is the is the one that embraces. Everybody. That so was my dad. Either we learn to use our brains or we don't. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's machines on standby. Well, and I'm <laughs> ready I'm, to take over. <laughs> exactly. Well, the automation <laughs> is crazy. And, and Julie, when, I mean, I know we're going to have a break soon, but uh, when we come back, maybe I was curious about uh, using our brains and also levels of consciousness. If same, that's what you're referring to. Okay, same I am, thing. Yeah, okay. Same okay. Thing. Yeah. Okay, Great. cool. So, and yes, we do have to take a break. Um, we will be back on the other side of these commercials with Julie Simmons. And this is Things Worth Considering. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. 
Hi, welcome back. We're here with Julie Simmons, uh, astrologer. And if you want to talk to her, uh, you're more than welcome to give us a call toll-free at 888-346-9141. I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, you said something. You said something was sort of important about to me. To me, it was important. In fact, you wrote it. You wrote it down. Was um, you know that this isn't something about giving like exact predictions. You know, it's not like saying you're going to wear a red dress tomorrow, like some psychics might be able to do. But it's more of a uh, an, an, a better overview or a sense of what's going on for you or why it might be going on. It's navigation rather than prediction. That's a great word. That's yeah. a great word. Yeah, I've been trying to navigate my way through my life. Yeah, and people navigate by the stars, right? That's how it's always done. So it, absolutely, I think I think that probably the horrible truth is that circumstances and events are more random than we realize, because our brains are always busy making meaning out of everything that happens. Oh yeah. Right. But as soon as something happens, you have to deal with it, and the astrology tells you how it's affecting you and how, you know, like what, what would be the best way to deal with it for individuals. And I, you know, the readings I've been doing since all this chaos hit um, feel to me very much like I'm helping people um, navigate their own trajectory through, you know, the fire swamp, like in the Princess Bride, right? <laughs> the fire swamp. The fire swamp. I like that. Remember that? You know, the, you know the Princess Bride? It's a wonderful I movie. do, but I haven't seen it in a long time. Well, I they have to go through the fire swamp. Okay. And, I miss that. <laughs> worth watching these days. And, um, and Julie, how much is this, how does this also help you in your life? Is it similar in terms of oh, absolutely. You know, being able? Because I have been navigating by my own stars since the beginning. And I have to say, it's helped me. It's helped me heal. It's helped me um, go through terribly difficult periods in my life. And, and it's in its own weird way, it's refined my perception to include more and more um, of human experience, which is compassion, right? I've, yes. I've become more and more awake to um, the, the suffering of humans. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is a wonderful quality, and and I think that that deepening, is that also part of this age of Aquarius? Not necessarily. Aquarius is also, everything has two sides. Aquarius is the sign of dissociation. Oh, great. (laughs) I'll be right back. Absolutely. If we dissociate. I'm out of here. Yeah. yeah. You know, the sun. Interesting. The sun rules Leo. Um, yes. But it, Aquarius is the sign that's opposite Leo. So okay. Aquarius is the sign that cannot get the favor of the king. Right? Mm. The king is Leo and Aquarius cannot get the sun's favor. Because in the, in the northern hemisphere where astrology was born, the sun is very weak and low in Aquarius, right? It's very close to the horizon. There isn't so much daylight, that kind of thing. Right. So Aquarius is a funny sign. It can be very disconnected. I'm sure you've all known Aquarians who just. My father was an Aquarian. And maybe he was interesting. Well, yeah. When you just sort of said the sun's favor is kind of very metaphoric Mm -hmm. in some Mm -hmm. ways. Yeah. We have we have Bill online here. Oh. Yeah. So let's talk to Bill. Hi, Bill. Hey guys. Hey. Hi, Alexia. Hey, Julie. Hi, Bill. How are you? Uh. Fine, thank you. How are y'all? Great. Um, good. 
Julie, I got a question for you. Two questions for you, actually. Um, people like me who are not uh, learned in astrology, what can we do to... What are the basics in astrology that we need to know to help us function and perceive things at a different level on a day-to-day basis? Okay? That's my okay. first question. Yeah. And... And then my second question is, what's the relationship between the body and astrology, our physical bodies? Oh, that's an awesome question. Um, They're both good questions, uh, but I really like the second one. (laughs) 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 Um, Because astrologically, we're we're energy, right? And the astrology, astrology isn't cause and effect. Like the the planets aren't up there, and and we're like you know with puppet strings making us do things. They reflect what is, right? So you have a person with a strong Aries thing, and and that's the head. You know, they will lead with their head. If they have an accident, it'll hit their head. It won't, you know, if, if Mars or Aries is strong. So there's a very real way that each one of us is a kind of embodiment of our astrological picture that's very physical. People say to me, you know, they've got an illness, and where do I see it in the chart? And I have to look and see, you know, which body part, I think, is the origin, the originator of the illness. I think um, the first question about, um, it, you know, how, do, how much literacy in astrology do you need to have to be good at it? I think, I don't think astrology needs to be everybody's form of navigation, right? I don't, I, there are many ways to navigate reality, and astrology is one of them. And I'm very clear about that. I don't think everybody, astrology is going to save every, the world. But if you're interested in it, then you want you want to have an astrologer to help translate for you. Astrology is really a translator, an interpreter, right? So you have a horoscope, and then the astrologer interprets that horoscope for you. And the more you you immerse yourself in that kind of thing, the more you learn, you know, how to use it for navigation. It is um, a buyer beware kind of thing, though. You have to pick an astrologer who... Um, you know, who you trust and who isn't trying to control your life or, or, or who isn't also trying to encourage you to control your life. It's more an exploration of your life rather than, a, a, you know, we're not trying to outwit fate. I have a very strong belief that fate is the past, you know, who your parents were, what country you were born in, what color your skin is. Those are things you can't change, right? But destiny, which lies ahead, is uh, based on what you do with your fate. And, and you can only do something with your fate in the present, right? So fate is yeah. past, destiny right. is future, but reality is present, That's right? Great. So astrology is a very helpful way to unpack that for yourself if you're drawn to the astrological metaphor. Cool. Does that help, Bill? Helps. I could probably use a little more clarification on the body part. Oh, yes. Okay. So, um, in the body, everything, astrology, I love astrology because it's like a filing system. There's a place for everything. So, if someone has um, a lot of Virgo in their chart, for example, I'm going to ask them about their small intestine. You know, how well do they digest food? 
you know, do they give their body time to sort and digest? And so what exists in the body exists on very different levels. And you guys who are, you know, naturopath therapists, you guys know that if somebody has an illness, it's always the story of how that illness is for them. It lives on many layers, on yes. you know, many layers of, of yes. the, that. So you can see it on the, on the, on the physical level. In other words, Virgo is the small intestine. But then you can extrapolate from that that the, the function of the small intestine is to sort, right? That you need to sort this and that. And so people who have too much to sort are, are, are very anxious in the mind, right? And so they don't sleep well and they, you know, and, and they, don't, they, they forget to give themselves time, right? If you really want your small intestine to work, if you really want to be a happy Virgo, you have time. <laughs> you have to have time to assimilate and process, basically. It's that simple. So there's a, there's a physical reality to it, and then there's correlations on other energetic levels that are, are very relevant and very specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so fa- fascinating because, um, Julie, you said about Aries and... Um you know, with head, you know, being hit in the head. And my father is an Aries, and when he was 62, he had a massive stroke. Still alive. He's 85 now. Wow. But it's very interesting, just that that whole um, aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It, hmm. it is interesting. I mean, of all of these Aries now, you know, know. one good friend has uh, nose cancer. Uh, and Pluto. internally, internally, but, you know, just had it prepared. Pluto. <laughs> no, it's, uh, the nose is, is Pluto. No, he's he's born in Aries. That's right. why I said Aries. Something else yeah. in his chart is going to be um, some. The problem in his chart is going to show up from either Pluto or something in Scorpio in his chart. Okay. Okay. So, Bill, is that helpful? I know. Well, it might not yeah. be if you look at this chart. Oh, sorry, Bill. Bill. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I think it's helpful. It's a lot to digest. It is. You know? It is. Think, it's a very I complex subject area. Yeah, and it's just uh, there's only so much you can cover on the radio. So when you when you asked what uh what 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 do you need? I, my my first response, but I didn't blurt it out, was the number of a good astrologer. Um, and 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 Julie <laughs> just Julie. confirmed that. <laughs> call Julie. Well, mostly when people call when I'm on the radio and people call in. I used to do a lot of radio. Really, what everybody wants to know is about their own chart. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that's that's reasonable because the astrology is most alive, you know, based on your own chart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I know, you know, when I studied Ayurvedic uh, medicine, uh, you know, I I really learned the doshas, uh, and I use it to this day. Uh, in terms of how quickly I go with somebody or, you know, fiery, watery, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it gives me a lot of information just yeah. looking at them. You know. Right. And, and all these are systems that human beings have developed, um, you know, over many, many eons of time. And so I think you can choose one system or more than one system. And if you look at the world through that system, you'll get a fix on how to navigate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, Ayurvedic is very much a part, uh, or has, has uh, um, you know, astrology in it. Uh, yes. I also know a psychiatrist here in town. He will not begin to work with you as a patient until he has done your chart. 
I don't know how anyone does anything without having the astrology chart first. Yeah. Um, I just thought here was this MD psychiatrist, you know, who does this. And I'm like, yeah, he sounds like cool my dude. dad. Go see him. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks, Bill, for calling. I don't know if you're still there yet. I've told. <laughs> yes. Thank you. For- yeah. Yeah. yeah but thank you. Okay. Uh, thanks, Bill. Bye. So, and, and so, Julie, it seems I was I was looking a little bit up, and and I don't know a lot about the history, but it seems as if astrology was what informed astronomy. Oh yes, at first it was. Yeah, the astro- and then it, astronomy yeah. didn't part company until you know uh, Copernicus. And he wound up in prison. Yeah, <laughs> all the great. <laughs> <was> just <laughs> all the great astronomers were astrologers, and all the great astrologers were astronomers. astronomers right, right, and, and they they pissed the Rome Rome off a lot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we 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 are dealing with a science in a way that's so complicated and and religious. It, it, it's crazy. Oh, know? absolutely! It's steeped in religion as well and spirituality. Yeah, dark and you know? Well, to to go to to go to a slightly different different uh, away from all that religious stuff. Okay, so there's a patient, a doctor in an office. Okay, and uh, the uh, the patient says. Uh, so, Doc, what do you think? Am I going to be okay? And the doctor says, well, you know, Mercury's in Uranus. And he <laughs> says, come on, Doc, you know that I'm not into the astrology stuff. He said, no, I, I just broke my thermometer. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard that one. That's my astrology joke for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Funny. It just, I just saw it actually on the Internet on Facebook or something. It just cracked me right up for some reason, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So we have Linda. Is there someone, Linda's on the... Yeah, we have Linda on hold here. Yes, let's talk to Linda for a minute. We're almost at the uh, at the end. Yes, hi. Hi. I have a question, hi. I have a question um, about this idea of navigation, and in particular the navigation around this age of Aquarius that we're going into. Um, Julia mentioned, you know, we're going through shock and a great tumult, tumult tumultuous times, <laughs> um, but in terms of, of individually or collectively taking the helm, um, in terms of understanding that navigation, what's the story that the planets are saying in terms of how then to move forward into that new age of Aquarius? I think it has to be, um, I think it's this thing about realizing that we're all human and that we're all equally deserving of um, whatever the resources are, like that we need to do it together. I think we're coming, I think the hero myth has, you know, like is gasping for air and may it die now. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it's really about a collective kind of moving forward as a... No, unfortunately, <laughs> you know what? I need to interrupt here. Linda, you can stay on the line here and talk to Julie, but we're coming, we're at the end of the show, unfortunately. Uh, so I thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Um, if you can hang on, you know we can continue to talk to Linda. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it, it's just such a fascinatingly huge subject area, you know. So it's so fascinating, and it's it's gigantic. It's ginormous. It Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we hope you'll come back another time and we'll talk more. Uh, I'd like to wish everybody a good week uh, ahead, and we'll be back next week at 8 p.m. on Thursday. Thank you. Good night. Good night.
thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 